talk trash about the things people love to hate hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt i feel like this is probably going to be a record-breaking recording for us because everybody is tuning in to hear what i have to say about female puberty everybody's (laughs) been asking matthew thought what are your thoughts on this and finally Uh, i'm breaking my silence this is your moment Mm -hmm. we're talking about turning red um you know something you've never experienced as a man but I'm familiar with as a woman. The flowering so. of the red peony, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're a little bit late to this. This movie came out. This I movie honestly don't know time. Came Last out month. on um, March 11th. March 11th. Oh wow! Yeah. So, so over a, a, month, a ago. month ago. Um, to a lot of fanfare, both good and bad. Uh, a lot of weird takes on this movie. <laughs> Got a lot of people's panties in a bunch. I didn't exactly know why. Um, it's just like conservatives are very picky about children's films. I don't know. I don't know why. Because thinking about what I grew up on, it's like, why weren't you guys raising questions about this? Like, you know, like what happened that we decided this is now an issue? It is always very interesting. Um, which movies and books and such not get uh, get get uh, have a lot of controversy swirling around them, and which ones seem to pass by um, unobjected to? Yeah, Th- this movie from the jump, uh, the the trailers came out. Um, I was like, oh, it's sort of a, I don't know. I was like, oh, it's brave 2.0, you know, people turning into <laughs> bears or whatever. And my roommate was like, oh no, this is a movie about periods just from the commercial. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, I wasn't picking up on that. I think she just turns into a bear for some reason. She was like, no, it's about girls getting their periods. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then lo and behold, that's what it's about. Um, no, it, it is not about that. That happens. But this, I, do you really think the bear is a metaphor for a period? I think the bear is a metaphor for f- girls going through puberty, which I think ha- be- okay. having a period is a big part of. I think there's a reason why it's a red panda. <laughs> you don't think that's you don't think that was in the people's heads when they Actually, made this? Actually, it was not in the people's heads because I was just reading an interview with the director. Which I mean, jumping in, um, this is the first woman directed film for a Pixar movie and she's also the first woman to direct a Pixar short which was the Oscar winning short um, about the the mother who eats the um, eats her child who's eats about dumpling. yeah yes. <laughs> um, and so then after the success of that she got uh, you know she got greenlit to make a Pixar film and all that she thought about at the jump it wasn't about a story it wasn't like huh how do i tell the journey of a 13 year old in toronto no she just thought red pandas were cute and she started sketching red pandas and she was like oh what should i do with this red panda and then uh, she thought that red pandas were just like 
I don't know if you've seen a red panda. They're so freaking cute. We have a couple at the zoo here, which we go to, and that's the only animal I like care to see because I think they're just so charming and they're so lazy and they'll just like in, in real life, they just like eat stuff that they don't actually like need from a, from a, you know, survival perspective. Like it's not like, it's not like they're doing X, Y, and Z to survive. They're actually pretty like lazy, relaxed creatures. And so as she was studying these red pandas, she realized it reminded her of being like a teenager and how you're just sitting there eating chips and you just want to like do whatever you want. And so then because of her love of red pandas, she just was like, oh, well, maybe I'll make this like the story came out of her love for red pandas, not the I'm writing a story about puberty. <laughs> puberty reminds me of blood. Blood is red. Red is red panda. Uh, okay. Whatever order this came in, whether this was um, like forethought out or was just in the subconscious, there's definitely like connection there. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to get derailed by this because I agree that this movie is about puberty. But I think when you're like, oh, it's about periods, there's a different connotation there where as a woman who has had a period for the last, you know, quite a few years, periods conjure up this idea of something, your emotions get out of your control and you're like, you're miserable the whole time and you turn into an angry monster. But what I like about this film is it's not like, oh my gosh, she's lost control. She's a monster. Can't wait until this period's over. It's like she learns to embrace puberty, which is much more than just the hormonal imbalance that happens once a month. And is more about like, what do I want? What do I feel? What do I think? And trying to sort through the emotions that as you're going through puberty as a 13-year-old feels so big. And she has to learn to embrace that bigness. Right. Yes, exactly. 100%. But don't you think that has to do with it in some ways in shapes and form with the hormones that come from having a period? <laughs> or that I mean, co- or that create the period? The, the hormonal imbalance of puberty. Yes. But I think what's interesting about this film is that they do try and address like that's what the mother thinks is wrong at first is oh my daughter's being erratic. She's scared in the bathroom. What can she be upset about? It must be her period. And so right off the jump, they kind of say like, oh, let's take care of your period. Let's take care of your period. But it turns out it's bigger than just this like menstruation. So I think I liked that they were trying to push that away. So it's not just like, oh, women be crazy, you know? Well, it's not a a one for one metaphor, obviously, but I think it sort of encompasses that in a larger way scope of sort of like the, the of the girls going through puberty like emotionally physically mm-hmm. whatever um in in all the different ways that it encompasses and yeah so this so basically this girl she's in what middle school um and she's 13 and all of a sudden she just wakes up one morning and whenever she has uh, or she's a pan, a giant red panda. And whenever she has any sort of like emotions that are strong, she turns into the panda. When she is sort of settled in herself, she um, she just becomes a girl again. And we realize that this is sort of a blessing slash curse that has been on her family for generations, where every woman, when she becomes a certain age, um, 
becomes this half panda, half uh, human person. And then they have to perform a ritual, which locks the panda part into some item of jewelry. And then she, you know, can become just a, uh, a regular woman for the rest of her life. And so this is about the period where Mei Lin, the main character, is she is becoming the panda and she has to make it to the point of, 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 of it's a full moon, I think, or something where she can become um, where she can go through the ceremony and lock her panda part in the mm-hmm. necklace. Put it away because it's yes. scary and they don't want to deal with it. And and it's very much like, yeah, it, so it's the story about this girl who's dealing with this huge, you know, <laughs> um, uh, shift. But then at the same time, it's paralleling the relationship between mother and daughter in, you know, immigrant mother and in second generation child, like there's a lot of complexities to their relationship and kind of why they're bottling up these pandas, what that panda means to them, what Maylin's mother wants for her. And so it's kind of like your, your usual bread and butter of a Pixar film these days, um, similar to Inside Out, where the emotions are personified. You're getting an insight into a a child's mind and thinking. And so it's less villain oriented. It's not like, you know, Ursula or Scar or something. It's just, basically it's just mama drama, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But it's all women. It's not a, it's not something that is uh, like none of the the male characters in the family turn into pandas, which I think is another reason why it's more period-y than... (laughs) not why are you so obsessed with talking about periods i'm just saying that you're like this it's like maybe like a little bit about periods but it's like not really and i'm like i think that's a big part of it i mean i think that i just i think when you say it's about periods it just kind of feels like it to me it's not like you can say it's about womanhood you can say it's about the complexities of well i think it is girlhood but i mean there's so much more to womanhood than just periods no but i I think that's such a huge part of of that time in your life when you're growing up. Like, and that's what makes being a teenage girl oh, different from being a teenage boy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think maybe it just seems like there's so much around periods that's easily dismissed as just an emotional imbalance whereas this is like we are feeling a lot of feelings but we're going to find the balance in embracing those rather than just like i, I don't but know don't, why but it's don't like, you think that's part of this the story with the with the period in this as well as like it's something that a lot of times is dismissed and is sort of uh, pushed aside as like a bad thing. Like, oh, when women are on their periods, they're annoying, they're grumpy, like periods are gross, they're bloody, like mm-hmm. who wants one? They're disgusting. And part, and that's part of this story of where the family is trying to um, like push aside the red panda to bottle up to be like, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to share this. It's not something to be excited. It's not something to be... Um, Uh, you know like proud of it's something to be ashamed of and that the story is saying no like this is a like natural part of 
uh, being a woman. And there's a lot of good things that come from having a period too. And it's not something that we should be like ashamed of. I mean, I think that that message goes to uh, moves into a lot of different aspects of, of being mm-hmm. a girl and growing up. But I do think that that is part of it in this is saying like, Hey, this happens to everybody. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. It's something that is like exciting in a lot of ways because it means you're growing up and it also is part of the process of eventually like being a mother. And this is also a story about like motherhood and that connection between, um, you know, like the daughter and the mother. So I think it, it's obviously much bigger than being a period, but I think it is like addressing that head on in a lot of ways. And I think that's also part of the reason why conservatives have not liked this movie. Well, I guess I'd say that like, uh, the period is more like a symptomatic of a larger yes. know, journey. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it, people identifying with this movie or or remembering their time as children, whether, uh, you know, women, men, non-binary, like, I don't think you need a period, not that I'm saying you're saying this, but I don't think you need a period to understand like what these feelings are that they're talking about. Oh, like, it's no. like, it's very much, this is about the drama of growing up and like how your brain is just suddenly like I don't know just the the exaggerated swings of like the preteen's mood like it's like the the emotions go beyond just like I don't know like there's obvious metaphors to the puberty but more than that it's like the exaggerated craziness of feelings through that um transition through feeling like um, you're transforming into an adult, well, but not quite sure how to handle it. I mean, it's definitely a universal film. Like, I didn't watch it and and was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't identify with any of this. Like, this makes no sense to me. Like, girls, eh. right? Um, <laughs> because there is so much of like, you know, she's like she's looking at something, and then all of a sudden she feels like really, really horny about stuff, and she's like sweating. I think that the obsession with the boy band in mm-hmm. this is a really interesting plotline because I think teenagers, no matter what your gender is, like go through that where they become like weirdly obsessed with strange things. And sometimes <laughs> it's like in a sexual romantic way, like people who are into boy bands, but sometimes it's just about like weird stuff <laughs> that you're, you just get fixated on. Um, and how your relationship with your parents like can change on a dime where this story opens up and she's like obsessed with her mom. But then like five seconds later, she's like pissed off at her mom and it keeps kind of like swinging back and forth which yeah. is a, an experience that everybody I think goes through with their parents. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely like, it's like much being 13 larger is miserable. It's like the same with um, eighth grade where it's like, yes, she's going like the character's yes. going through all this stuff, but the heart of it is that like awkward, cringy remembering of what a miserable and weird and confusing time that was and how, everything feels just new and strange and you're embarrassed, but you don't know why. And it's like, I think that's what was charming about this is that it was just uh, this like, yeah, you, you got to see the boy craziness. You got to see this girlishness. You got to see the, the, her big speech at the beginning where she's like, I'm basically an adult now. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like this charming you're recollection like, oh, of well. what that was like. Um, and I think that is more what made conservatives angry because it was like, oh my gosh, this girl is 
is disgusting. She's she's perverted. She's she's drawing pornography. <laughs> and like I had read a lot of the criticisms before I had a chance to see the movie. So it was strange to like watch it and be like, wait, that's what they're referencing? Because in the movie, she's like she's at first disgusted by her friends being into this like older boy who works at the at the corner store. And then that night she just suddenly realizes like she is attracted to him, but she doesn't know what being attracted to him means. And so suddenly she's like doodling in her journal, like merman pictures of him. And it's funny because I think everyone should be able to acknowledge that at that time when you're like learning to be attracted to something and you're not sure what that even means, you're just, you're in the weirdest headspace. And that's what's so funny is that she's just drawing this merman. It's like, why is it a merman? I have no idea, but that's just like working for Well, and she doesn't even have an idea she either. Doesn't know. <laughs> and so it's like sad to think of parents freaking out about something like that because I do think we just tend to, like this movie points out, we want to bottle up these you know, quote unquote, like ugly emotions or these weird behaviors and be like, no, 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 that's not normal. When in actuality, it is the most normal thing. Like, like people growing up to have a sexual awakening related to an animated, uh, you know, character is because the human brain when you're going through puberty is absolute nonsense. It's insane. (laughs) People are crushing on like, um, the, the Robin Hood fox drawing or Nala rolling in the flowers and in Lion King because we're just like our brains are absolutely insane at that point well and also there's no like preparation for it or at least not for, (laughs) for me or I think most people like your parents aren't telling you about these things ahead of time um (laughs) you sort of just have to go with it and figure it out on your own and so you're feeling these weird feelings and you don't know what to do and then i think a lot of families are like the one in the movie where the even like when you're having these issues your mother or your father is not like approachable and Mm -hmm. is almost like aunt like uh, against what is happening to you, even though it has happened to them and happens to everybody else, which is sort of ironic as to people not liking this movie and saying <laughs> yeah. like children shouldn't watch it. Cause the whole point of the movie is about like a mother who like can't, um, you know, like refuses to let her daughter sort of grow up and uh, recognize that she's like making these changes and just trying to bottle everything up. And it's like, yeah, that just leads to more and more issues. Yeah, And you can see with the, mother granddaughter relationship that if you don't address it or have some kind of communication about it then it just becomes this giant um thing that is stuck between the two of you yeah yeah the criticism that it's like oh my gosh this is too sexualized like no 13 year old is like this it's like that's just delusional in the first half but but the fact that I grew up watching something like The Little Mermaid, where she is literally like sexualized in her little shell bra and singing about like, I'm 16, I know what love is, and like goes to fall in love with a dude she's never spoken to. And we accept that and like celebrate it and and in fact get defensive when someone tries to say that it's problematic. And those same parents turning around and being like, this redhead is taking it too far. Like, no, I don't like this. It's because the parent relationship in it is so like they see it as disrespectful where May isn't listening to her mother and is in fact acting out against her mother. And the film celebrates that. It's not like she gets her, 
just rewards in the end. Um, but instead, she continues to kind of be disrespectful because she is going through this and realizing she's her own person and that she wants her own life and that maybe it looks different than her mom's. And that's what I really liked about this movie because I feel like something like Frozen it's the power is something she has to bottle up and it's bad and it's negative and and it takes the whole movie to figure out like no I can do good with this whereas in this one it's pretty quick where she's like okay I can't be a red panda but then she realizes like oh why not like it's actually fun and then she immediately like embraces it on on the down low and she's like taking pictures with classmates and like handing out merch and everyone's embracing her and every one of her peers is loving it and so she can love it too And there's like this whole period in the film where there's not really tension in the usual sense. It's just her having fun and like working to get concert tickets and like and just enjoying her friendships. And the tension comes back when her mother finds out that she's happy with herself. And I think that's a very unique uh, or distinctive trigger point for many a mother-daughter relationship. I... I really appreciated that. I will say I got sort of annoyed at some point in the movie or maybe towards the end. I think this movie is like very queer in a lot of ways, but mm. again, with the Pixar-ness of it all was like not quite. I mean, it was, <laughs> I felt like, like I was getting some Luca flashbacks at points because the, the message of like, sometimes your family doesn't understand you and so you have to find like your own family Mm. or a chosen family and your friends is a very like queer storyline and that's what definitely happens here where you know when she's the panda and she's stressed she realizes that the way that she can sort of like unstress herself and stopping the panda is to think about her friends and her relationship with her friends and how much they care about her and love her for who she is Mm. as a person and how that is not the same with her family. And so it takes a while in the storyline for her family to sort of like realize that her mother, especially to realize that she's not that connection for her daughter and that if she wants to be she has to sort of change some things but also there was like there was a scene at one of the parties where one of her friends is like sort of like maybe like chatting with a girl and there's sort of like a knowing glance but then nothing else happens there's also a guy who's in their class who's sort of like a bully but then turns out to also be obsessed with the boy band that's sort of Mm -hmm. like a hmm but then that's never just I mean I understand that they're 13 so for a lot of 13 year olds, they're not like fully um, like they haven't fully sorted through all of those emotions themselves. But I was like, huh? Okay. This feels like there was room for something in here that we just like, didn't uh, Mm. choose to go further on. But yeah, anyways, but I still liked it. But I, at a certain point when with that, like chosen family plotline, I was like, okay, I'm clocking this. And this is another sort of Disney, like almost there, but not quite right. moment, which we have been getting lots of. No, I appreciate that perspective. I like that framing of that. I hadn't picked up on her being like, that's really sweet. <laughs> Cause I, I like, I watched this a while ago. So maybe it's just not been on the top of my head. And when I first watched it, I, I was the f- I was the first one seeing it with a group of people who'd already seen it. And so they were all, it was interesting to be like, is this living up to my expectations after they've hyped it? And I think it is like such a, in some ways, just ultra unique story that it's like, you're just enjoying watching this thing happen. And so it's easier for someone like me to distance myself where I'm like, 
Oh, it's just someone else's story, except for things like the big emotions and crushing on boy bands and that sort of thing. Because this story, obviously, you do have the um, the uh, Chinese immigrant mother-daughter relationship too happening, which I think spoke to a lot of people, especially with the added wrinkle of it taking place in Toronto, which again was a very uh, unique angle. And that, in fact, led to the biggest like weird criticism that came ahead of this film, which was the Cinema Blends reviewer being like, I couldn't see myself in this movie, ergo, I couldn't enjoy it. <laughs> it was just the dumbest, laziest way. Because it, for- because it was Canadian? Yeah, because it was a Canadian Chinese girl. He was like, I have nothing to draw on here. He said it was too specific to Toronto, to the uh, Chinese culture, to girlhood that he couldn't see himself in it and thus it was exhausting to watch they ended up like deleting this and apologizing for not better reviewing their (laughs) reviewers yeah but it's just like that's such a lazy take for anyone who's engaging with media because like you saw something different i connected to this like mother relationship more and i think you know like my my husband connected to this like immigrant pressure for your for the second generation to like live up to what your your parents sacrifice type thing and so there's a lot going on here and it does feel ultra specific to the director's point of view but there's so much that like breaks down to just be this like human experience about like uh, about these big emotions you feel and don't know how to control i mean it's also for as ultra specific as it is, this is very much like not set in the real world in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Because, I mean, one, there's just this fact that this family just turns into giant pandas, which you're like, okay, whatever. And it's not <laughs> even presented sort of in a... Um, it's not like a Freaky Friday kind of like moment where there's some like weird thing that happens. It's just right. like, oh no, this is the world. Like everybody in this family has this happen to them. And then the fact that she can turn into the panda. And then like at one point the mother turns into like a Godzilla panda who's like running around the city destroying things. And everybody is sort of like in the world. Um, like unfazed. It, it, yeah. So they're very like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is super normal. And then, and then at the end, the daughter is like, sort of kind of becomes like a local tourist attraction for these people who will come and see this um, temple that the family runs. And I was like, okay, in any real world scenario, she would be like (laughs) carted off to some like military facility for testing or whatnot. And the fact that that is not happening, we, (laughs) so it's like, it's, it's specific, but it's also completely made up. It's not yeah. like you're watching some it's not like watching Moneyball or something where it's a hyper focused on this very specific aspect of real life society where it's like okay, you don't know anything about the finances of baseball teams but like now you're watching this movie about it. Like yes, this is sort of specific but it's also made up and it's very universal I think in a lot of its um yeah. storyline. So to say like uh oh, I couldn't relate to this is sort of ridiculous. Well, it's, it's like funny. nobody can. Do you relate to being a <laughs> yeah. like turning into a panda? Like no. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because a criticism that came out this week that's almost like too stupid to even address and was probably intentionally this dumb so that he got views. But someone was saying that he disliked the film for not acknowledging the nine eleven 
terrorism attacks that because this movie takes place in 2002 and he felt like people would be more upset about to your point a panda destroying the city after after the trauma of watching <laughs> 9-11 or that kids shouldn't be that happy because they would have been stressed and their 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 brains would have been traumatized by watching this historic moment which is just like you and I grew up right like we were a little younger than this character's timeline but it's like that's just that's what's great about this movie is that it highlights again how insular the child's mind is especially going through this time because you're just like what is happening to my body what am I thinking about what does this all mean and what do I want for myself like like we're especially children are just like narcissists right like they're they're designed to be concerned with themselves so this idea that it didn't speak to someone some critic somewhere's experience is just further proof that like well maybe you weren't aware of what other people were experiencing at the same time so I have a new theory that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks about movies and why sometimes people don't like them mm. and I started thinking about this with everything everywhere all at once because I there I loved it obviously uh, it's doing very well with critics it's been received very well but there's like certain random people uh, in my like past or family or friend groups who didn't like the movies for for very sort of like specific weird reasons that uh, that in general I think wouldn't like don't really uh, uh, I don't know, like usually you would sort of overlook, right. but but in this instance, they're saying, oh, it wasn't a good movie because of like very specific mm -hmm. points. And I feel like it's the same with this. And I think that I was thinking back to myself in like an earlier, like me in like 2012, 2013, who was like very religious, very conservative, and was like, knew that I was gay, but wasn't... Um, you know, like willing sort of to accept that yet or to share it with other people. And so when I would see movies or, um, or TV shows or things that had plot lines in it that were things that I sort of disagreed with on a, uh, like cultural level or like a moral level, you, you sort of feel weird I think a lot of times saying that is the reason why you don't like a movie unless you're like super hardline about things. And so you kind of have to come up with like an alternative reason for why you don't like the movie, which is tricky when you, when it's a like movie that in general, it's hard to criticize because the movie is so good. So you have to kind of come up with like these weird excuses. So now I have been, since I have been through this Think thought process in the last several weeks i've been thinking about people who don't who give weird criticisms about movies and then trying to figure out like what is the thing in the movie that they actually don't like that they are refusing to say and so i feel like some people with this movie don't like you know the the like sexualizing of mm -hmm. uh you know teenagers or specifically women in a lot of ways and mm -hmm. so they're so but they obviously can't say that so they have to come up with a different <laughs> reason for why they don't like the movie which yeah. i think like this 9-11 or like <laughs> oh i can't see myself in it um fits well where i think some of the people who i know who did not like everything everywhere all at once did not like the way that it painted the parents as bad people for not accepting the daughter mm -hmm. and so but again, couldn't say that. And so I had to come up with other alternatives. Right. 
the beginning or like I, I, the the rock scene was really weird. It took me out of it. You know, it's like, okay, that I <laughs> yeah. don't believe that's a valid criticism. <laughs> yeah, I can see that because I think similarly people became hyper focused on well, May's really disrespectful. This is going to teach your kids to be disrespectful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like she, she gyrates in front of her mother. It's disrespectful. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, you can go through almost every Pixar movie, every Disney movie. And a lot of the relationships are a child realizing that they, they need to go against their parents. Like even Little Mermaid, you know, Beauty and the Beast, all these classics are children who are like, wait, I have a perspective that matters. And so it's strange that this one is the one to get people's clutching their pearls because it is just like, I think one thing that sets it apart is a lot of classic Disney, you know, they look like adults. Like Little Mermaid is technically 15, but she, you know, it could be presented as just like, we're having a 24-year-old woman play her in the live action. So it's like, we've already... Uh, sexualized seems like the wrong term, but we've maturized these people in our minds. Whereas this is very clearly a child. She's little. She's has like weird hair, puberty issues. She talks about being sweaty, smelly, like all this stuff. She looks like a child and she is being loud about her feelings. She's narrating her feelings. She's yelling at her mom. She's talking to her friends. And that's hyper um, dramatized by getting big as a red panda too. And so every time she's getting mad, it does feel like a very aggressive attack usually aimed at her mother. And I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting. And that's like a valuable thing to watch. It's like we should be reminding ourselves and children watching this that your feelings are big, but you can be loved for and regardless of how you Mm, like kind of lash out on accident or or how you manage your feelings is something that we can work through together to find a positive way to do it because I think what I also ended up liking about this movie is that her family rallied around her decision to not bottle up her panda but that didn't mean all of them were suddenly like oh well I'll let mine loose too like everyone was coming to this as at their comfort level of what they wanted and their individuality. So it wasn't like suddenly all the women in the family were like, I'm going to be a red panda too. And they had a dinner where they were all red pandas or whatever. Like everyone bottled it back up except May because that was her choice. And like, I think that was an interesting angle too. I saw a tweet that was talking about this and everything everywhere all at once and and some other movies that have come out recently and saying that they liked this trend of having relation or having movies about parents and children where the parent has to apologize to the child yeah. in the in the film and I think that prior to these last couple of years yes there's been lots of movies where the parent and the child are at odds and sort of have to reconcile but it's usually that the parent um Mm. and the child both sort of are apologizing to each other or that like the parent really like is doing the right thing but the child doesn't understand the parent or like the and and really puts more of the blame on the child or equals the blame where in this situation it's like almost fully on the parents part so i could see why if you are a parent especially (laughs) one who is very um 
sort of in the hole <laughs> for the in the can mom. yeah for yeah. <laughs> well for the like the parent is right the parent knows yeah. best sort of mentality like honor your father and mother that mm-hmm. this movie about like a disrespectful child who ends up being correct in yeah. her sort of like disrespect even if maybe she goes about it a little bit in the wrong way is not necessarily a storyline you want to be sharing with your children because you want your children to be like no the parent knows best always which is not the case in a lot of families. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I liked more and maybe why I get defensive about this, like it being more than periods or whatever, because it does feel like a coming of age story that we don't always see because usually our coming of age stories are after they've ironed out the awkwardness and the kinks. And it's a, a, an older teenager who's more well-rounded and respectful, even in her uh, acting out. And this is much more messy, but it becomes a story about a child kind of realizing that their parent isn't perfect or realizing that their parents can be wrong or that they can want different things than their parents either want from them or that their parents have done for themselves. And I liked that that became the emphasis where it it wasn't so concerned with, oh, I have this monster inside me that I have to control it was more like, I've figured out how to control it pretty well. Like, you know, I, I'm having fun with my school friends. I'm having a good time. But the issue, the the trauma, the pain point becomes, oh, but my parents aren't going to accept me or like, this is bad for my family. And having to work through that at such a young age, I think is more relatable than some people want to address because it is like that time period is where you start to realize your parents don't have all the answers that you are different than maybe what they expected or have kind of pushed you towards and I liked that that became more of the the plot point than just oh I've got this red panda we gotta keep under control mm-hmm. yeah no I agree and I think that's part of the reason why I was like oh this feels very queer to me yeah um in a lot of ways I do think that the the coming of coming of age stories that we get normally one are usually from men and perspective and two if they are from a woman are usually older when they're dealing with more of like the sex aspect of it so i liked that this doesn't really have to do with relationships at all it has to do with friendships i mean obviously they're like a crushing on the boy band or whatever (laughs) but there's not like a love interest um involved i also though do think like there's not very many movies about periods that I can think of. Mm -hmm. So like if I was like, if I had a daughter and I was like attempting to, you know, like show her some material of, you know, sort of about this that was in movie form that this is like, even though the movie is not fully about that, like is one of the best pieces that we have to discuss that, you know? Well, yeah. And even Which we just need more of. even just acknowledging like yeah oh you'll get a period like that doesn't happen in mm-hmm. movies very often like ever like i i don't remember like even a tv show like lizzie mcguire growing up watching that she's crushing on boys but i don't think they ever mention anything about the female experience like i don't i don't think people like talking about periods talking about pads like tampons talking about that journey and so it is kind of like oh wow yeah they're just and and when you had talked about this trailer being like, oh, it must be a metaphor. I expected the metaphor, but then there's this straightforward, like, 
oh, you're on your period. Like, let's get you all the materials right. you type thing. And I liked that. It normalizes it in a way that clearly makes some people uncomfortable, which, uh, you know, like sit down with your feelings and figure that mm-hmm. one out. But it also wasn't the whole point of this because <laughs> like that's such a small part of the puberty experience. Like, I don't, I don't remember necessarily... Well, I do remember my first period. That'd be a lie. But I remember Let's more. share with the class now. <laughs> I remember more my obsession with weird things. And like, you know, I'm not going to get into the weird stuff that you do as a 13-year-old. But there's a lot of like just realizing your feelings and trying to put words to them because you've never talked about them with anyone else before. And so like, you know, playing playing pretend with your friends suddenly gets this weird element of like, wait, what's, what are, what, what are we going to like pretend we have a boy? Like, you know, weird stuff like that where I liked this quote unquote boy crazy element of May where she has no reason to be obsessed with this boy band, except that just biologically there's, <laughs> there's something there. And I liked that they, they got a place in this film where it was literally just a get to the party style um, finale where she wanted to go see their concert and I just think that was like a cute a cute way to simplify something that's so focused on the big feelings of mm-hmm. um, puberty and uh, coming of age and it just is like I don't know it ended up being sweet I think overall um, it, it's not like my favorite Pixar movie but I think it's like a charming new addition to their a new perspective Um to what's usually very like I don't know it, it felt different than a lot of Pixar movies that we've gotten yeah I think if there was one critique for the movie it's that it is a little chaotic in points like there's a lot <laughs> yeah. going on and some of the stuff like doesn't like it doesn't all necessarily come together as cleanly as some other Pixar movies do I think that's because a lot of times Pixar movies are aiming at like sort of one concept and hitting it more square on where this is sort of like touching on a bunch of different things which is to the movie's advantage and detriment at the same time um so yeah like i liked it It, it's not necessarily yeah like the best one i think but it is very solid and i appreciate it especially in the string of pixar movies that we've been Mm -hmm. getting that have been so sort of depressing and even though this (laughs) one is serious in parts it is very much a comedy like this is leading yeah leading in a comedy way in way that like soul and inside out and up and wally like we're not Yeah. yeah we're not attempting to do um and kanto another vaguely queer <laughs> movie is bruno gay yeah <laughs> i'm gonna say yes we don't talk about it yes um, but we don't t- yeah. <laughs> don't ask don't tell with bruno um two random things with periods just like okay yeah that please. have come up recently that i thought were interesting <laughs> first off the um like a lot of the gyms in new york you know have various like supplies in their bathrooms if you need them Mm -hmm. um you know like shaving cream and shampoo and whatever and the um and the men's restroom usually also has like pads and tampons and at first i was like why are these in here and then i was like oh because obviously there's a lot of trans men who still have periods or you know are going through that so i was like oh that's super cool and also non-binary people as well mm-hmm. um and yeah and then secondly i i don't know if you follow this girl dylan on um 
TikTok. I can't remember what her last name is, but she is doing this TikTok series. It's like day three of being a girl, whatever. It's it's mm. a she's transitioning. Yeah, and she had this video that she posted that I think went pretty viral that was talking about how she carries pads and tampons around now, not because she like needs them, obviously, but just because like part of being a girl is sort of like the code of like carrying these around mm-hmm. and like sharing them with other people, oh which I was like, Oh, that's super like cute. And um, like fun uh, sort of as well of this, like um, sisterhood kind of energy. Yeah. So I don't know. Those no, are I two random asides. I think, yeah. I mean, and that's part of the fun of this too, is that it, you don't have her friends being scared of her or you don't have no. May's friends freaking out and being like, what is happening with you? They're very accepting and they're very celebratory. They're like, no, we've got to like make this work. Like we, we got to monetize this. this. Yeah. They're, ca- <laughs> they're capitalism. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then the tension comes when her friend, when May has the chance to support them and chickens out and she kind of bails on them and throws them under the bus. And I liked that that it, it was never a question of if she'd be accepted, even though this you know, weird, yucky thing was happening. It was just like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, we, we still love you, girl. And I think that's unique, too, because so much of the trauma of of going through puberty is, like, for for boys, like, there's studies where it's shown that if you, if you what's the term? If you go through puberty early, you're, you're considered cool or you're considered, like, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're seen as like, oh, yeah, that's what you want because now you're a man type thing. Whereas it's the opposite for girls where you're always nervous to be the first because the the looks, the tension changes and you're just like, you don't want to be in the spotlight. But I liked that from the jump, it was never like, oh, wait, you're different. There's no othering happening in this movie. And I think that's like a valuable perspective for for children to see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was fun. Do you think that this um do you think that this will be a movie that gets nominated for the Oscar for animated feature? It does Pixar I mean, have sure. another movie? Oh, I guess it has Lightyear. They have mm. they have the secret one coming out at the end of the year too. Um that no one knows anything about. Um I don't even remember what it's called. It's like it, there's some project coming. <laughs> I'm looking this up. I want to say it's even about like a father son, but I don't honestly remember. I just List remember it was on Pixar a roundup. Films upcoming. This doesn't. This says according to Wikipedia, it says Maybe that Lightyear is coming out June seventeenth, and then the next one is coming out June of next year. But maybe like Disney, maybe like Encanto Studios has like another, or like the the people who did Encanto has another movie coming out. Yeah, I was trying to see it. I I don't remember. I thought I remembered that from putting together our year predictions, but maybe I've But maybe you're an Maybe idiot. I was thinking of Lightyear. <laughs> but no, I was. It definitely wasn't Lightyear cuz Lightyear seems like the weirdest movie to me. Um, but you know what? Uh this There is something called a uh, Strange World that is coming out. Um this November. Oh yeah, yeah, Strange World Pixar Mystery Project. What is it? Is I it don't not know. Pixar? Uh it looks like it's Walt Disney Animation Studios, oh, okay. but maybe it's like a collaboration kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. It's very hush hush, no one knows about it. 
Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, uh, Turning Red also, to its credit, like you said, does break from the mold of usual Pixar animation in that it's also very, like, there's a lot of anime elements to it and there's, like, a lot of fun sort of zany um, animation that you see more with something like the Lego movie where it's very distinctive to this movie and it's not as concerned with hyper realism and I thought that was fun so I wouldn't be mad if this got a nomination for best animation because I think they were trying something fun on top of having a you know Pixar backed film it's from the writer of Raya and the Last Dragon is oh, the strange world. I'm <laughs> I'm still I'm still invested in this. <laughs> so and then the director oh and, and the director also did Ryan the Last Dragon. So it's the Ryan the Last Dragon team is doing Strange World, whatever Strange World okay, is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I'm done with that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no worries. So that was um uh turning red. Turning red. I think overall, you know, um worth the hype. I I think and as people criticize films, especially children's films, I think it's always worth like digging into why and, and figuring out like if that is an opinion that matters. Because I think when you look at the criticisms of this film, it's sort of like, hmm, this seems to be saying more about you than it does about the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I don't find this movie to be problematic. I think there's been a lot worse animated movies made in our lifetime. So I would recommend this to people just for the sheer value of um, supporting something that got this got people this upset <laughs> i mean and speaking of movies that got people upset next week we'll be covering secrets of dumbledore uh no. <laughs> was it worth the hype or not we don't know we have, we have to watch and find out oh please no I'm sure no else. I, I think that is the nick cage movie coming out next week oh yes 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 i think that's wide release this weekend okay okay because i saw that last night and uh there's a lot to discuss so <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, always uh, a pleasure. Um, we look forward to covering. I don't even know. Uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> More movies to come. Uh, who knows when the next animated one will be? Well, Buzz Lightyear. We're definitely gonna have to talk about Lightyear. I know, but sometimes those are the ones you have to do. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to doing uh, Doctor Strange and Thor with you in the coming months. So, like, like you weren't gonna make me do those already. Now you're like, well, I wasn't of gonna make you. But... Sometimes we can't do all of them. Okay. I'm going to a press screening of Doctor Strange in like two weeks, so oh, wow. I'll I'll be well prepared. Brag. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see you guys next week. But you can always find us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on uh twitter and instagram and you can also send us an email at psyrong at gmail.com or if you're really feeling up to it leave us a review on apple podcasts um because we we love a good compliment so oh my gosh yes or or a good dig (laughs) on Shelby. um okay see you guys next week bye